This is Tommy Bowman, co-founding pastor of Mission Church in the suburbs of Chicago. And together we are answering this decade-long question of mine. What happens when attractional, communal, and missional church come together for movement? This is Redefining Church. Well, hey guys, welcome to the Redefining Church podcast. I am your host, Tommy Bowman. Thank you for going on this journey with me. I don't know if anyone else besides my mom is out there listening, but hi, mom. And to the rest of you that are joining, thank you. Uh, it's an it's an honor. Um, I am. I don't know when this is going to go live. I don't know when you'll find yourself listening to this first episode, but I'm recording this in the midst of the shelter in place due to the global spread of COVID-19, um, this virus. And uh, first of all, to you, church leader, great job the way that you have shifted and innovated quickly. You've gotten things um, online and you have provided tremendous hope not only to your church, but to the community around you who is watching and listening. And so great job. Um, I thought during this season two, I would really think about how can I add value to the church, capital C Church. And so this entire journey is inviting you into this question that you heard in the intro that I've been asking for um, nearly a decade. And the reason I wanted to do this and invite you into this question and some of the answers is because, you know, you church leader right around the corner, I don't know if you see it, but what's coming is a second chance. And you are going to have every opportunity to go back to exactly what you were doing before as a church, or you can use this opportunity to redefine church, what it means to you as the leader and what it means uh, to the people that you lead. I have been hearing um, a lot these days, you know, the mantra, be the church and the church is not the building and the church has been unleashed. And I love this. I mean, I do. In fact, when I became a pastor 12 years ago, I did what I thought you were supposed to do. I didn't go to seminary, so I didn't get the rule book. But I thought when you became a pastor, especially 12 years ago, you should get your ears pierced. Um, and then you should uh, you should get a tattoo. So I got a tattoo. It's, it's on my lower arm so that when I was on stage and I put my arm out, people could see it. So they knew they could relate to me. Um, but I got a tattoo and the tattoo actually said, be the church. And it still says it because of course, tattoos are permanent. And of course, it's in the original Greek. Okay, don't worry. But I have been um, speaking that mantra since I started in ministry. And that's kind of how I got into it because I thought we as pastors and church leaders were supposed to help people be the church. And somewhere along the lines, I realized, oh, there's oh, there's more to what we do, a lot more. And how this Be the Church equipping mission that I thought we as church leaders were called to kind of gets shoved to the background. So I want to speak to that on this podcast journey. Uh, I've been asking the question in my ministry experience, can attractional, communal, and missional church come together? for movement. Attractional, come and see model. Communal, come and be model. Missional, go and be model. And what I picked up on pretty quickly when I'd go to different conferences is um, if you're doing one of those three models, then you don't like the people who are doing the other two models. 
especially if you were doing the missional model, you thought the um, you were questioning the salvation of people doing the attractional church model. But attractional church, right? I think we know what that is. You know, you do everything that you can to attract people to your location, your building, so that you can share the good news of Jesus with them. Not bad. It's a model. Not bad. In fact, it's quite effective. The go and be model, like the missional model on the other end of the spectrum would would say, no, we've abandoned that. Um, we've simplified. And, um, you know, it's about, it's in houses. Sometimes the staff isn't paid. It's about disciple making. It's about um, multiplication, right? And then this communal thing in the middle, it's like the community-based church. I think it's 99.9% of the churches that you guys lead. Um that's still like, it's definitely simpler than attractional church, but it's like, we're simplified in our strategies, but we exist to create community, to create, you know, I call it the uh, come and be model, because it's still like, come to church, but we're going to create this experience for you to be and become and be known and be seen. Oh, it's so good. All good stuff. Um, but this is where small groups and, you know, group-based stuff is prevalent, um, so those are the three models. And I've just been wondering, man, do they have to be at odds with one another? And can't they come together? Can't we take the best parts of these for the sake of movement? Because I believe that what Jesus started on a hill in Matthew 28, when he commissioned his church, he started a movement. That's what he started. And so I don't know why we wouldn't work towards that end. So um, we've been discovering the answers to that question at Mission Church. And I have the tremendous privilege of co-leading Mission Church with my best friend, John Peacock. Mission Church is in the western suburbs of Chicago. We're a little over eight years old. And our team, our staff, they are awesome. They are on this journey too, together. And you're going to hear from them um, along this journey, I think. I'll bring them in as guests, especially Dan Ruda, who heads up really the asking of this question. Um but I'm going to invite you on this journey. It's going to be fun. Um, and since it's episode one, um, I thought I'd offer you guys a gift. Like It just seems right that I would give you a gift. It's a gift that I got back in 2012, like December of 2012, just as Mission Church had just completed its first year. And uh, at that time, like by all accounts, things were like good, like two thumbs up, right? We made it through year one, which a lot of churches don't. Um, we were on budget. So that was good. We had money in the bank. We were growing and uh, like people were showing up. And I don't know if it's a founder's syndrome thing. I don't know if this ever goes away. I still wonder if people are going to come back next week. I don't know if that ever goes away. I don't know if you can relate. But we were growing. We were adding staff. We had people in small groups, like 50% of our adults. And if you read any book about healthy church, that's like a key marker. So we were doing that. That box was checked. We were building trust with our community. Um, we, our local context is something we call the 10, it's 10 towns, 262,000 people. I'll tell you more about that in upcoming episodes, but, but things were good a year in things were good, really good. And on my family's break between Christmas and new year's, we were heading out to the lake two hour drive. And I got this gift that I want to give to you. Craig Rochelle, pastor of life church refers to this as the gift of disorientation. If you've ever received it, you know, it's quite a gift. This gift, though, this gift of disorientation, it came in the form of a statement on this drive. I couldn't shake it. The statement was this, church as we know it ain't going to cut it. Church as we know it ain't going to cut it. 
Well, what did that mean? Well, Mission Church started, right? It started with a dream for movement in the 10. It started with a, a dream of a movement of Jesus breaking out in our context, the 10. Like I said, I'll get into both the 10 and, and movement coming up. But, but you guys know, you guys are smart. You guys know, and I know that butts in the seat on Sunday, a growing number of butts in the seats, um, even a, more locations, like more campuses where butts are showing up in the seats. You guys are smart enough to know that that is not movement. That is growth. That's just addition. It, that's good. Don't get me wrong. But what this gift of disorientation was reminding me is that good is the enemy of great. And so, got a question for you, okay? Think about all the ways that you and I do church. Think about the teaching, the worship, the ministries, the programs, the buildings. Now everyone's doing growth tracks, the social media, everything, everything, everything. Think about it. Then, think about the teachings of Jesus and the strategies of the early church. And then ask the question, would Jesus be surprised with where his church ended up? Would Jesus be surprised with where his church ended up? Now, I know that it's 2,000 years later and we've made several advances in technology, um, but you and I cannot read the Gospels and then the letters to the early church. We cannot read that and honestly say that if we were to start a church from that basis, that we would end up with where we've ended up today as the church. The things that we've come up with as church, right? Like they're not bad, but here is the million dollar question. All of the things that you and I do for church, are they the means or are they the end? Okay. Are they the means or are they the end? You know, all the things that I listed, the teaching, the finances, operations, groups, growth track, kids, students, I mean, everything, social media. Do you do those things as, an, as a means to the end of truly equipping your people to fulfill the Great Commission, to be the church that we're like, you know, pumping our fists saying, we're the church, you'll be the church. All the things that you're about to go back to and all the things you've been doing, are they the means to that end of putting people on mission or have the means become the end? Meaning, have you created this perpetual cycle of means upon means upon means. And when one means doesn't work, we'll cancel it and we'll start another means. And the reason I ask is because a year into Mission Church, a church where, you know, John's dream, you know, my dream, the people who joined our launch team, the dream that we had created was that we were going to be a church that equipped people to fulfill the mission of Jesus, right? This was a movement thing. And a year into our church. Remember I said how good things were going a year in to our church, our means had become the end. And uh, I didn't even realize it. John didn't realize it. Nobody realized it. It wasn't on purpose, but the weekend, the operations, the finances, like all the things I've been listing, like that became a monster that we had to feed every seventh day. And I think we all start and I'm speaking to you, like we all start churches or we join churches and lead churches with the intention 
of, yeah, we are going to, our church will fulfill the Great Commission. Absolutely. And I think over time, we just slip a little bit over time. And before you know it, you, you, enough time goes by, you look back and you're like, oh man, the means has become the end. And so a church leader, let me ask you, what is your end? What is your end really? What if this shelter in place really is a gift for us to to ask that question and to redefine some things? Uh, John Peacock, he's been calling the shelter in place, you know, this uh, a sovereign pause. It's so good. So if this is a gift, a sovereign pause, an opportunity from God to just stop, allow ourselves to accept the gift of disorientation and ask, what is our end? What's the end game for our church? Is it the means or are the means moving people to the end of fulfilling what Jesus has called us to, to truly be the church? And I could be wrong. I don't think I am. But when I look at church and how we do church, all of us see it on social media, read it in books. It just feels to me like the means has become the end. And I don't have a lot of cool quotes and mantras like you pastors are like experts at, but I've been saying in this time, really just to myself, just to give myself hope, it's there will be a comeback and there is nothing like a comeback. There will be a comeback and there's nothing like a comeback. When you come back as a church, what if the story your church is writing had a greater end? What if the story your church is writing was redefined in this season? In review, I know pro podcasters, they've got like three points and I think my points were all like questions. So here's the questions I asked you in review. I'm hoping you take with you and you process with one another, your teams, with God, of course. Uh, I asked you this, would Jesus be surprised with where his church ended up? I asked you, what is your end? What is your end really? I asked, has your means become the end? And then finally, what if the story your church is writing had a greater end? We're going to come back from this. And there is nothing like a comeback. What's going to be your comeback story as a church? Is it just going to be back to business as usual, everything we did before? Or can some of the things that you've done be be redefined for the sake of us collectively, guys, capital C Church, fulfilling the mission of Jesus? This podcast is asking the question, what happens when attractional, communal, and missional church come together for movement? We are going to continue to find out the answer to this question together. Thank you for going on this journey with me. Please share this journey with other church leaders who might find this helpful. Please share on all of your social media. That would mean a lot to me. I am Tommy Bowman, and this is Redefining Church.